So welcome everyone today to Psalms Through the Eyes of the Living Letter letters. <laughs> and today we've had a really good conversation before class even started today. So I'm like, I'm still a little buzzing from that y'all, but uh, it's good to see you guys today. And I'm really excited about what the father is sharing with us today in that we're moving now into the living letter. Hey, uh, last week we did Dalet and I'll be honest with you. Last week's class was just, <laughs> it was rather deep and it was really, really good. Father began to express some beautiful stuff last week. And if you haven't watched the video yet, please go back and watch the video on the Living Letter Dalet. And uh, with the Living Letter Hey, I'm, I'm going to do things a little bit differently today in the sense that that uh, that that I want to do, I'm going to kind of go through from things a little from a little bit different of a perspective. And, mm -hmm. uh, and then we're going to go through the actual uh, scripture itself as we get started. See, one of the 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 key things that uh, that will help us is understanding what the living letter hey is. Now, if you guys want to know more about the living letters, we do have a living letter school, and you're more than welcome to to join us in that living letter school. The link will be in the uh, in the descriptions below in the YouTube video, so that you can join us in in the uh, the school of the living letters. Uh, because the things that I talk about in here are just one part of this, and there's so much more uh, that we we can talk about here. But when I talk about the living letter A, probably one of the most literal translations that you can get from the living letter A is that of it being breath, simply breath. But it's really a little bit more than just breath. So, you know, uh, I love the breath aspect of it because you think about this place of when you take a deep breath in or you just take a breath in. Whenever you exhale, you can exhale either silently or it's your exhalation for the most part that allows for a good, clear sound to come out. Yeah, I know. I, I, I'm, I guess I'm a little scientific -y or or geeky when it comes to the science aspect of it because, um, you know, sometimes you can talk breathing well, actually, you can't talk breathing in, can you? No, you really can't. I'm trying to sit here trying to do it right now, and I can't do it. But, you know, so I'll, I'll, although I guess what I was thinking about was sometimes when you play an instrument, and uh, sometimes you can, it, depending upon the instrument, you can actually make sound while breathing in because there's airflow. But the truth is, is you really can't talk while you're breathing in. It takes exhalation to be able to make the sound um, work. And so it speaks about, like, well, even with a whisper charisma, even with, I can't do it breathing in. <laughs> I can only do it breathing out, but I can whisper. You're right. Definitely. So... Anyway, the I love that aspect of of hey because then it's it's that place where to me one of the ways that I've seen hey is that is that we are returning the breath of Yahweh back to Him. Now I know some of you may have learned that hey is the uh, uh, is the breath of Yahweh or breath of the Father, the breath of Adonai. Uh, but and I believe that as well. But there's to me it it it. it really made more sense when he began to teach me the aspect of his name, the yod heh vav -Heh. And I began to realize that the yod heh was the breath of the Father, 
But I also noticed that a little bit unusual because this is not the typical, uh, uh, you know, the typical way of seeing the Yode Vave. But this is what the father showed me in that the Vave was our return breath back to him. And he took me to the scripture where it talks about my word goes forth into all the earth and it will not return back void. Why won't it return back void? Well, because I've chosen to speak that word back to the father. I resonate with his word. I hear his word and I speak it. And in doing so, I am speaking those things here into the earth that I hear him say in that place of the quiet time that I have with him. You see, just from that statement right there, do you realize the power that we have that the Father has already given us in that the place of our breath will carry that sound that is coming out of our lungs and the sound of him that is coming out of our lungs? Why do you think the scripture talks about how can bitter and sweet water come out of the same fountain? How can the words of the Lord and words of cursing or words of, you know, that, that cause detriment and harm come out of the same fountain? It, it, it can't be so. And so you got a charisma. You probably can. I, I have a hard time doing it, but you probably can. So yes, definitely. We'll do that. So uh, the, the, the thing, the, the key is that, uh, that in this place of hay, the father is, is establishing a continuation really of what we talked about last week. You see, the living letter Dalet is a door, and, and it speaks about the door. Now, I, I call it the door of choice because I see this place where we have a choice. Do I go in the door or do I go out of the door? Do I allow something to come in the door or do I allow something to go out of the door? There's several different ways that I can look at it in that sense. And you see, when we look at the living letter hay, we actually see that the hay is actually made up of a Dalit and a Yod. So if you look over to the left there at, uh, at, at verse 33, right over to the left, there's a very bold uh, Hebrew living letter. That is the living letter Hey. So for those of you that don't know what the living letter Hey looks like, that's what it looks like. And if you remember, the Dalet is the right side of that. So the upper part that comes down to a, that comes down to a, a, the bottom there, if you will, and then the left side of it, there's a little tiny dot inside of that, inside of that door that's sitting there. And that creates the living letter hey. So let's continue on with what we talked about in this, in this sense, because believe it or not, in that sense, Dalet, I mean, hey, can be viewed as a letter of birth. A letter of birthing something. So what do I mean? Well, if you will, I want you to close your eyes with me. All right. Just close your eyes with me for just a second. Doing something. I told you guys I was going to do some some very different things today. And 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 if you if you need to keep your eyes open and look at that living letter, hey, but once you see what it's shaped like, I want you to begin to see that inside of your mind and inside of your heart. And think about the place of there being a door there. And that, that living letter A is like a door. Now, on one side of the door, you're probably going to say, "What I could, I could ask the question, what do you see? And you're probably going to say nothing. Because there's, it's, it's almost as if the fullness of the wisdom of the Father 
is hidden just on the other side of that door. Let me repeat that again. The fullness of the wisdom of the Father is hidden just on the other side of that door. And it seems to be nothing from the side of the door that I'm standing on. Okay? But now if I choose to walk to, through that door, if I choose to walk up to that door, step over the threshold, and into the other side, the Father begins to open up his understanding, and he brings me an idea. He brings me a thought, right? He will bring me a thought out of the fullness of the wisdom of the Father. And once I have that thought, an understanding begins that's, that seems out of this, this place of nothingness, out of this place of, of, of where it seems dark, but it's not. It's light that's hidden there. But the Father's giving you a piece of his wisdom and saying, here, I want you to take this. I want you to spend some time with this. I want you to allow this to be able to grow inside of you. And so I grab a hold of that, that, that yod, that, that spark of wisdom, and I bring it back through to the other side of the door. And I begin to, I begin to spend time with that. I begin to water that seed. I begin to, to look at it from different perspectives. Because when an idea comes, if you will, now that idea can be anything from Though a word of the Lord that he's speaking to you about a situation, it could be because of a of, of an issue that you may be having. It could be because that you're looking for the to the Father for a place of healing. And he's giving you a nugget of his wisdom because he wants you to spend some time with that nugget of wisdom with regards to that situation. It could be, it could be that you're looking for any number of things, any number of things. But the Father wants to teach you something out of that place. And so in that place of the door, you begin to, if you will, protect that seed because you want to look at it from all the different perspectives that you can. You want to see if you will, if you can go there, you want, you're, you're kind of tucking the beginning of something, the beginning of the thought, the beginning of the idea, and you're joining it together with what you immediately see as the finishing of what that thing may be. So let me just give you an example, just make it really simple. I remember when Michelle and I were uh, really trying to have children. We, we wanted to have children. And, and for about four years, we, were, we, we had some difficulty. And, and I remember the day that, that she came home and told me that, that she was pregnant. And immediately I began to think about that place of the child that was about ready to be born. Now, my, the, my daughter was still yet unseen, but one of the first things that he impressed on my heart was that I wanted a girl. And, and it's funny because I got a little bit selfish with it because I said, you know, all, I, all I've ever known is that there's always daddy's girls and I want a daddy's girl. And so I cried out for, for a, uh, and thanked the father for, for a daughter and I began to uh, I began to to begin to think about, OK, how is my daughter going to grow up? What are some things that I can do to help her while she grows up? What do I see about her when she is fully grown? What about her husband? What about the family? What about the grandchildren that 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 can come from all that? So in other words, suddenly this this uns yet unseen 
seed that's been planted inside of my um, inside of my wife and now beginning to grow with a new life. I could not see it, but yet inside of my heart, there was this beautiful place of of beginning to meditate, if you will, beginning to spend time to think about, you know, beginning to look at myself and see, well, if if that's the case, I'm going to have to change some things. I'm going to have to do some things that are a little bit different because, you know, I'm going to be a father now. It's not just me being a husband. Now I'm stepping into a whole new role of being a father. So you see what I'm talking about, where where the father will give a nugget of wisdom. We could we we didn't know that she was going to be pregnant when she she was. We, you know, we we had been trying for four years and then had a lot of difficulty. But boom, there it went. It happened. And of course, there came a place when our daughter was born, and then we were able to hold in their hands the things that we've held in our heart. Now I love that because Apostle Aaron Smith. Uh, his apostle, Apostle F. Nolan Ball, there was something that he always said all the time, and it was this. He said, I will persevere until I hold in my hands the things that I have held in my heart. And so there's a process here. So what I'm talking about today, and really what Psalm 119 verses 33 through 40 are talking about, are just like what I'm speaking about right now. It's that place of looking at it from the place of persevering until I hold in my hands the things that I have held in my heart. So from that place, if you got your eyes closed, you can open back up now. Uh, but uh, from that place, I want to begin talking about Psalm 119 verses 33 through 40. Because the first word in this, where it says, teach me, O God, the ways of your statutes, and I will cherish it to the utmost, is the, is the Hebrew word, uh, horeni, horeni. And it begins with the living letter, hey. So it speaks of this place of, of where the Father is beginning to share us, share with us his wisdom, the living letter A. And he's connecting it to the living letter Vav, which is right next to it, to uh, the place of thought. Resh is a letter that speaks about our mind, and it speaks about thought as well. There's all of these letters. There's so much to all these letters. So don't think that these are the only things that they they actually mean or deal with. Just like me, I'm a husband. I'm a father. I'm a son. I'm a friend. I'm a. I've got different hats and different things that I do depending upon how I'm relating with someone. And so in each situation, I'm going to respond a little bit. Same thing was true with the living letters. They're, they're so multifaceted, just like you and I are, that they have expressions. But Resh, in this case, I believe, is speaking about that place of thought, that place where we have spent time and began to, if you will, engage with that thought. None. None is the letter of a son. A son, a king, an heir, and a priest, and I love it because the, even the even the the last letter there for Horani is a yod, and the best way that I could describe the yod is is like an idea, or if you will, I love Teresa Bowen's um, expression of this that she wrote in the Friends of Eber, and that was that it's the all spark of creation. So, if you think about it. That all spark of creation isn't only just when he gave us the example for this. He isn't only just when the father spoke creation into existence that we, too, 
can speak into existence in this place where we speak. And so that seed of our word will, will, will be planted and then have the ability to be able to grow. So that word, teach me, he's, we're asking him, look at it, look at it from the perspective of what I just said. We're looking and asking him, teach me, Lord, show me this mystery. Show me this places that, that seem unseen and hidden. And allow me to begin to have the opportunity to, to think about them, to be able to meditate on them, to see it from different perspectives. Now, those of that have been in my classes know that there are two set, two questions that I almost ask all the time in class, at least one time, sometime during the night. What do you see and how do you see it? Right. They are two keywords. And right now, with the living letter, hey, it really fits even more so because I'm taking the time to then begin to, if you will, prepare myself for the next phase, for the next step, for the, you know, if you will, crossing over that door from one side to the other. You, you get what I'm saying here? Because Hay is a door just like Dalit is a door. The only difference is that there's a seed planted inside of the, the, the door of hay. And it's it's going to it's going to really bring about. See, the crazy thing about this is the next living letter after hay is Vav. So if I look at hay as a pregnancy letter, then this the letter expresses this place of that nine months, if you will, where the baby is hidden and remains. But the moment that that child is born. It becomes a vav. Vav means heaven and earth connection, and it also means man. So the truth is, is that I could, I'm not going to do it right here today, because this is some of the things that I teach during our school, but I can go from Aleph to Tet and, and show you the progression of, of just our lives through just those first nine letters. Truth is, I can go through all 22 of them and do the same thing. But the, the, the expression of that can begin as we move from Aleph all the way through to Tav. So teach me your statutes. Teach me those things that I need to know. You see, let me move on from there. Let me move on there. I will cherish them to the utmost. Grant me understanding so that I may cherish your Torah and keep it with my whole heart. I, I can't avoid it. I, 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 well, maybe I was waiting on just this because I kept, I was hearing the father speak to me while I was, was talking about this and reminding me of that place of, you know, when we talk about his commandments, we're not talking about a set of do's or don'ts. We we're not, you know, from the Hebraic perspective, the, the it's, the commandments are really the loving instruction of a father. Now, anytime you're able to put yourself as in the place of a parent, father, when I say father, I mean father or mother here. When you put yourself in the place of the parent, you know that parents always try to make sure that their children know and understand. Part of our responsibilities as parents is to be able to teach our children, right? Look at what look at what David says in the very beginning. Teach me, Lord. Teach me your, oh God. Teach me your, your statutes. Teach me your ways. And I love that because that word way there is the Hebrew word derech. 
Now, last week we went over the Hebrew word derech just a little bit. Matter of fact, I'm going to show you something really cool in just a moment when I go through this. So teach me your ways of God and your statutes, and I will cherish. Grant me understanding. I love that word because that Hebrew word there is uh, habinani, binani, habinani. All right, and it begins with the living letter hey, and it's speaking of that place of uh, of abina is the Hebrew word for understanding, and and so uh, it speaks of that place of where. Wisdom, and I hope I'm not getting too deep here, but but wisdom becomes where we begin to look at it and meditate on it. If you will, it's a it's a funny way of looking at it. But if you will, wisdom itself is nonverbal. Wisdom itself is nonverbal. Once it becomes verbal, it moves to understanding. You ever thought about it that way? Yeah. Think about the past, all right? And think about the things that have happened in your past. All of those things are stored inside of your mind, but they're not stored as a verbal as in a verbal sense, they're actually stored inside of a spark or a neuron that's kept on the inside of your brain. So it's kept actually in the form of, I know this is getting a little deep, but it's kept in the form of pure energy until it's accessed. And the moment that that is accessed, it becomes understanding because then we begin to think about it and we begin to look back and say, oh, I can see where I made this mistake before. And based on the current situation of where I am right now, I can make choices that allow, that keep me from going down the path that I went to before. So it's almost, that's why I said, it's, it's, it's like wisdom kind of remains hidden until it's accessed by understanding. So the David is crying out here, grant me your understanding so that I may cherish your Torah. I may look into your word and I, I can begin to see how that word applies to me. Isn't that the whole idea behind this? That the, the, the father is teaching us through his word, the place of, of where we need to go and how, and, and, and not because we have to. <laughs> father, help me here. Cause there's this place inside of me that's screaming that, that uh, where I'm, where I see this place where some people say, well, well, but yeah, uh, the the word is a, is a set of laws and a set of requirements and it's a set of this and it's a set of that. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. It's the loving instruction of the father. Just like when when my child was little and, and she and she went to go put her hand on the on the stove. Many times I would say, "No, no, no, Lauren, you're going to get hurt. Don't do that. Don't do that." And the one time when I turned my back just long enough. Plop, that little hand goes up on top of that, up on top of that, that stove. I remember that vividly, the, the, the time when it happened. Of course, her, the blood curdling stream that issued, scream that issued from that, from that little tiny girl was, was shook the earth at that moment. And, and of course, you know, I, I ran over and immediately began to take care of her. Um, I didn't even try to correct her. I just tried to take care of her at that at that moment. And then once those things were settled in, I began to say, now, now do you understand why daddy said, 
don't touch that. I was, I was lovingly trying to teach her something, but to a certain extent, there were things that she had to experience to be able to know the difference. And once she put her hand on that hot plate, she never did it ever again. <laughs> I promise you that, you know, a lot, not, not on purpose, at least, you know, like she did that first time she learned from that. And that, that, that nugget of wisdom became understanding to her, even though I was trying to issue her uh, a, a, a nugget of understanding experience brought that out. So the truth is, is that, that that's exactly what the Torah is. That's exactly what the word of the Lord is doing in us. It's, it's giving us this place of where we can see the experiences of others and then realize that those are, are analogies and metaphors that apply to us. You see, there's from a Christian sense, from a Christian sense, there's one thing that I think that at least for me, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say make this statement as a general statement because it's not always true generally. There can be others that don't see it this way. And that's fine. But for me, from a from a general Christian sense, one of the things that I had difficulty in was in believing that the word of the Lord was more than just face value with, with what I read. Now, what do I mean by that? So many times that for me, I took what the word of, I took the word of the Lord at face value. That is a very important and it is very valuable to look at it from that perspective, from face value, because there are, a treasure trove of wisdom hitting it uh, in inside of that, looking at it at just face value. But I remember some 20 years, 12, 30 years ago now, because this was back in my 20s when I, when the father showed me this or told me this. And he said, I can't. And I, thank you, Father, because I just remembered that. Uh, I remember talking to somebody and saying, we can't just take if if I don't believe if I can't see the scripture from the literal sense, then uh, I, I can't remember now how I said it. Uh, I, I know when I'm, I, it's something I used to say all the time. So yeah, I apologize. Give me just a moment here. But let me just say it this way. If I look at it at face value only, then I can see how God worked in someone else's life. But if I can't look beyond and see that the situation that it's talking about applies to me, then I deny the place where the power of his word to work in my life. Does that make sense? In other words, I have to look past the, the face value of it and then, uh, and then be able to apply that thing. Now, if I add one step more to that, and I begin to look at it from the perspective of, that the story itself is like an analogy or a metaphor. And I can look at it from different angles in different places. Now you talk about the treasure trove of wisdom that's hidden inside of there. Why? Because I'm not looking at it at one particular way. I'm choosing to look at it from different perspectives. I hope 
I hope this makes sense with with what I'm what I'm saying here. You know, it's kind of like when when I was when I was preparing for today. You guys can tell that the Lord's really been messing with me lately, and He's taken me to a very very deep place. And uh, I want to there's I want to honor this place in that 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 I'm that I feel like the 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 sensing of the Lord to carry you just a little bit deeper into this place. And uh, but I want to make sure that the the expression of this is something that's 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 understood because in the moving of these of these things and and being able to understand the Father is opening up a place where we can have a greater understanding in the path of where He's taking us. So grant me understanding so that I may cherish Your Word and keep it with my whole heart. Lead me on the path of Your commandments. Now, do you guys remember last week when we talked about Derech and Nativ? If we go back to the top of this, teach me, oh, uh, teach me, oh God, your way. That was the Hebrew word Derech. But this part down here where it's on, in verse 35, where it says, lead me on the path of your uh, commandments, your mitzvot. He's saying, lead me on the Nativ. So we've got the other side of that word. Why? Because this word applies to you. This word is not necessarily the general path where everybody walks on. And those, no, no, don't get me wrong. We all have to walk on that path. We are all walking together to the place of that communion with the Father. But the Father is going to take us on a very personal and private path that's just between us and him. I love that. That's why I call it the universe of two. This painting by a gentleman and a pastor friend of mine, David Raymer in uh, Orlando, Florida. He uh, he paints these. And when I when I first saw this painting years ago, uh, he he uh, I was like, I've got to have this painting because he called it the witnesses. And I love that because the, the truth is, is that there's an expression of that. And I'll go over that here actually in just a few minutes. But what I called this painting was called the universe of two. The place where it is just father and I. Now, let me mess with you guys a little bit. You see, in the place of the universe of two, this place where it's just the father and I, there is nothing else that exists in, this, in that place except, what, except the father and I and the things that we create together. In other words, no devils, no demons, no Satan, no nothing. They don't live in that place, not inside the secret place of the most high, because it's underneath the shadow of the almighty and none of that exists inside of that place. And so I, I remember the day, and I want to challenge you with this. I remember the day when the Father first took me into the secret place. And I remember I was looking at my watch thinking, oh, man, I got to get to work. You know, I, I wanted to stay in this place. I was, I was in a beautiful encounter with the Lord, and I did not want to leave it at all. And I, and I, and I looked at my watch thinking, oh, and I, inside of my spirit, man, I wanted to ask, go to the Lord and say, Lord, well, let me call in sick today. And you and I could spend the rest of the afternoon together. Huh, why was that? Was that short-sighted? Truth be told, was that very, very short-sighted of me? Because what ended up coming out of my, my mouth when I did speak it wasn't those words, thank goodness. What came out of my mouth instead was really what was inside of my heart. And that was this, Father, I never want to leave this place ever. And that's when he looked at me and he said, you don't have to, 
this place is inside of you. And the moment that he said that, I realized that I could stay in the place of the secret place and never leave. No matter what I was doing, no matter what was going on, my heart and my mind and my the, the position of my heart towards him could remain inside of that secret place even while I was working. And I left, I mean, I, and, I, and I finished that encounter with him. That I, Well, actually, I didn't finish the encounter. It's a wrong word to say. Wow. I'm still learning how to speak myself. I opened my eyes and then began to continue that encounter as I then went went and began to get myself available for work and, and then work. And I was hearing his voice the whole time, even while I was working. Yes, even when I was focused on trying to teach the students that I was teaching at that time. I worked for a large technologies firm and I was an instructor there. And uh, so I was teaching them tech support at that place. And so I, but I could hear the voice of the father while I was doing that. So you see this direct, this private path is what he's doing in his, as he begins to reveal his words to you. Lead me on the path of your commandments for that is my desire. That is my heart. That is my will. Incline my heart towards your testimonies and not to greed. Now, I love that. Now, we we talked about, uh, it's funny because let's, if we just stop right here for just a second, I know today's a little bit more of a teaching, but we need this from time to time. We need this, 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 this connection of, of, of looking into the father like we did last week. And then, then also the teaching and understanding of how it works. And I, and I, I'm, I'm so thankful that the Lord is taking us through this because I want to go back through and I want to point out some things, you know, like the Hebrew word for statutes, uh, which is, uh, uh, I have a hard time saying this one. Chukecha. <laughs> Chukecha. Kind of a hard one to say. And it's cough, it's chet, cough, yod, cough, sofit. And uh, then a little bit later on, he talks about his Torah. And Torah is Torah in this case. Yet again, he talks about his commandments. The Hebrew word here, the root of that Hebrew word there for commandments is mitzvot. Or, or the, the if you will, the commands themselves. So you can see that each place he's looking at each one of these things from different perspectives. I don't have time to go in through every one of these, but he's looking at his statutes. He's looking at his Torah. He's looking at the commandments. And now in verse 36, he says, incline my heart towards your testimonies. Now, this word testimonies is really cool because it's the it's actually in this case here, it's the Hebrew word edotecha, edotecha. And it starts with the living letters uh, Ayin and Dalit. Now, those two, that's that's actually the Hebrew root of this word is Ed. Or, uh, yeah, is Ed in this case. Ayin, Dalet. And, and if you look at this, this, these two letters by the living letters themselves, they're what I see, Ayin, through the door. Now, remember the way we started just a little bit ago? I had you guys looking through the place of the door of what appeared to be 
this this darkness or you know truth is is that uh that ayin is actually known as the place of nothingness <laughs> from a hebrew perspective it's seen as nothingness why well it's the hidden things for those of you that have ever followed ian clayton and you may have heard him speak about this where where there's the difference between created light and creative light uh the place of creative light is a place where if you will and and, and a place where darkness is not a bad thing that's because darkness has been veiled off towards the light that's hidden behind it so what does that mean what does that mean if for those of you that are new, you might be, oh, ooh, this is how this sounds really weird. You're talking about darkness now. Well, there's a Hebrew word for darkness called choshek. And it's a Hebrew word that speaks of this place of the hidden things of God. This is not a bad place. If you will, do you remember the scripture that says this? It is the glory of God to conceal a matter. And it's the glory of kings to search it out. See, that's what I'm talking about here. When I speak of Koshek, when I speak of, if you will, what's on the other side of that door is this, this darkness. Or if you will, you know, in, in one sense, it's considered as nothingness. Then, then, but then we can pull from that place and bring what appears to be nothing into something. I know you're asking the question that, that, that still doesn't make sense. What is it? Hebrews chapter. Is it Hebrews chapter six, Hebrews chapter eight, where it talks about the things that were made were made by the things which cannot be seen. In other words, the father spoke and his word became tangible. Let me say that again. The father spoke and his word became tangible. When we speak, our words become tangible. Because he's made us in his likeness and in his image. I know that's really deep here, but think about this. I know your spirit man is probably thinking, you know what? I have to agree with that because I can look back in my life about the things, some things that I've spoken and those things have, have indeed come, come to pass and come true. And I love this because David next says in verse 37 here, avert my eyes from seeing futility through your ways. They preserve me. In other words, don't let me look along those paths of the ways that I used to see things. Because those ways are futility. Those ways are the wrong. They're frustration. They don't, they're, they're, they're my ways that I think are going to be better than God's ways. No, that brings nothing but futility and frustration. Why? Because those, those ways and those paths never lead us to a place where we feel fulfilled about something. We want the water that the Father gives us that because in that, in that place of that water, we'll never thirst again. So Avert my eyes, turn my eyes away from seeing those things of futility. Father, I want to give you a little bit of an example of this. And I can actually take you into a scriptural reference that, 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 that actually expresses this very thing. Um, but 
let me just say it. I, mean, I want to make a very simple statement because I, I need to move on here. The Father's begun to teach me in this place where when a thought begins inside of my mind, this place of an idea, and immediately my spirit man recognizes that the the genesis or the beginning of that was something that was out of the flesh itself and not from the father that i have a choice just like i'm like i'm in front of a door i have a choice as to whether or not i grab a hold of that and begin to uh take it into my heart and think on it and ponder on it because when I do, I'm actually trying to bring that thing into creation when doing so. But Father's been teaching me about this place where the moment that I recognize that, I immediately change my perspective on something. In other words, even if I'm, uh, whether it be I'm walking down a road or sitting in a chair or even lying in my bed, uh, if, uh, if I if this thought comes around, I will literally change my physical body and go in another direction, even if it's only for just a second. I will turn my body into another direction. Why? Because I'm making an outward statement of an inward part of my heart that says, I'm going to avert my eyes from this place of futility because that's futile. I'm not going to that place. And I make an outward expression of it. So I'm engaging my body to, to purposefully look the other direction and not think about that thing. Does that make sense? And that's exactly what he's saying here. If I avert my eyes from seeing futility, through your ways preserve me. See, he bought he he, if you will, in that native, in that personal private path, he kind of bumped me. I, I was getting off a little bit. He bumped me back into line. He bumped me back into alignment. Fulfill your word to your servant for the purpose of fearing you. Remove my disgrace, which I dreaded, for your ordinances are good. Behold, I yearn for your precepts. Preserve me through your righteousness. Now, the really key thing that I wanted to talk about today is in verse 38. The one thing that spoke to me more than anything else. Fulfill your word to your servant for the purpose of fearing you. Now, same book. I just I love the way that this application uh, you, is is set up because this application changes the words just a little bit in making it flow in more of a sentence. Um, same book that I've got right here in my hand, which is the Tahalim, but it does change the words a little bit in the application. And so let me read to you verse thirty eight out of this because for some reason this this struck me more than anything else with the way that it's it's said it fulfill to your servant your word regarding fear of you same book the only difference is that, that in this book here it's being written from in the interlinear interlinear uh, format which means you have to read it right to left and so they take literally the literal translation of each hebrew word and they put it below that uh that Hebrew word. And so it, it reads a little bit different than the uh, the application does. Let me repeat that again. Fulfill to your servant your word regarding the fear of you. You see, it's funny because my mom and I had this conversation the other day. 
and we were talking specifically about the the fear of the Lord. And I had mentioned something. She was listening to to the Psalms class, and I love it. She's you know it's it's awesome because because uh, I was not born and raised Jewish at all, and I was born and raised in a Christian environment. And uh, and I'm not saying that I'm even trying to. Well, never, never mind. I'll just leave that right there. I'm following the path that the Father has me on, and that's where I'm going. Period. Plain and simple. All right, but. Uh, when we were talking about this, she I, I mentioned something where I was talking about being afraid when I was talking about the fear of the Lord. And she says, why would you be afraid of God? And I said, well, mom, think about it this way. If I do something that I know is wrong, then the immediate place of fear comes up inside of me. Because why? Because now I'm fearing judgment on the thing that I did wrong. And there is a healthy aspect of that in that place of being, of if you will, frightened. How many times in scripture do you see where an angel, now it says the angel of the Lord, and many times we look at it and say, well, man, that, that almost sounds like the father himself showed up or that Yeshua himself showed up and, and revealed himself to that person at that time. But what happened almost every, well, every single time that I can think of, that person fell flat on their face, right? Before the Lord, fell prostrate, prostrate, not prostate, prostrate before the Lord in that place. And, you know, I can only imagine that place as, as I come before a holy God and I begin to do my first self, uh, self inventory, looking at myself. And now, see, the father doesn't remember the sins that have been covered under the blood of Yeshua at all whatsoever. But we do, at least in the flesh, we do. We remember them. And as I lay in that place prostrate before the Lord, flat on my face before the Lord, you know, I begin to, I begin to think about those things. And who am I to be standing before a holy God? I can't do it. I'm recognizing the fact that, Father, I am, I am in you, and I know you are in me. And so, you know, there's a, there's a place of, of, you know, I don't, I don't want to negate that place of just plain and simply being afraid. But the fear of the Lord is far more than just being afraid of judgment. It cannot be the only thing. There has to be more than just that. Because I can also see the place of the fear of the Lord when I describe this place of when I realize the fullness of who I am in him and who he is in me, and that he has given each and every one of us, all of us that are listening today, each and every one of us, the ability to be able to create when we speak, then there is a fear of the Lord in that place where I begin to think about Ooh, man, shouldn't I be careful about the way that I say this? Shouldn't I be careful about what I say and how I say it? Both are equally important. Let me rephrase that. Let me not rephrase it. Let me say that again is what I'm trying to say. Let me say that again. What we speak is just as important. How we speak it is just as important as what we speak. 
because how we speak it reveals the intent of our heart. How we speak something reveals the intent of our heart. And so you see, there's a, a beautiful expression in looking at this. Whereas I begin to realize the power of what he has given me, then there's a fear of the Lord that comes on this. And I debated on whether or not I should bring this up today, because this is, this is a very deep, deep, deep statement. And it's found in Psalms, uh, I think it's 145. I can look it up real quickly here in just a moment, um, if we can. But it, it basically says this, the will of those who fear him, he will do. Says it in the King James as well. The will of those who fear him, he will do. So you see in this place of the fear of the Lord, the Yerath, if you will. Now, Hebrew word for fear here is the Hebrew word Yerath. And it begins with the living letter Yod. That place of revealed wisdom where the spark, the idea comes into play. And then it moves to the resh, the place of thought, the place where we begin to, to think about what the Father is, is showing us. The living letter Aleph is next in Yeroth. And the, 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 now the living letter Aleph does not have a sound to it, but in some cases, there's a vowel sound that's attached to the living letter Aleph, which gives it a sound. But the Aleph itself always remains silent. It's only the vowel sound that is spoken. And in this case, the third letter of, of Yerah or Yerath is the living letter Aleph. To me, see, this is really deep here. It's really deep here. One of the things that, and one of the beauties of, of Hebrew is that it's not just the letter that begins to give a sound. That letter also reveals another aspect of that word. And I'm just barely scratching the surface in anything that we're going through today. And, but not only the letter itself and what it reveals, the position of that letter in a Hebrew word also matters. Father gave me a kind of a unique way of looking. I don't have time to go into it, the, the details of this, but he gave me a very unique way of, of seeing this. And that Aleph is in what I call the fulfillment position. To me, that, that has two ways that it can be seen. But the way that I see this in the place where I speak about the fear of the Lord is that I have chosen out of the desire and the intent of my heart to be like my father. And Aleph is a letter to me that represents the father. And so from, if you will, I am not him. I'm not him. But yet in the same breath, I am in him and he is in me. And, and part of what the Father is doing is revealing his light in me. So in this place where Aleph is in the fulfillment position, it's speaking of that place where we have become the light beings 
expressing the heart of the Father in the earth. In other words, we are a reflection of him in the earth. And in that place, his light is able to go out into all the rest of the earth because we have allowed the facet of who we are to shine through us, the facet of who he is in us to shine through us and express that light in this place. You see, to me, if I begin to see it that way, that fear of the Lord makes even more sense because then I also have to not look at the words that I say and how I say it, but what about my actions? With my actions, do I reflect the Father? Do I reflect Him? Am I in a place where maybe my flesh may have risen up and created a veil, if you will, a blockage of that light because I got angry about something that I didn't need to get angry about? That's that's a possibility. So I have to I have to think because I have a choice. I can get angry in the flesh because of things that 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 happened in the flesh, you know. But that reveals to me that there's a spot inside of me that still needs to be dealt with. That the Father needs to reveal His light in that area in me, and so in that area, then I can express the fullness of the light of the Father. Are you getting me? Are you seeing this picture? Okay, good, good, because it's it's. I have to think about my actions and do I fully reflect the, the pure light, the pure love, the pure glory of my father here on the earth. Hmm. Kind of adds a whole new meaning to that other scripture. And the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Do you realize that you can be an expression of his glory here in the earth? You see, another way that you can see the living letter hey is a dalit, is a door, the door of choice that has the light of the Father on the inside. And that light of the Father is wanting to come out through you. You are a conduit of his light. You are a conduit of his love. You are a conduit of his mercy and his grace. You are a part of all of, of that. You can express and look just like your father. You can do that. You see, the more I look into the face of my father, the more that I become what I behold. And that light is shown into the earth from that place. So remove my disgrace. Remove those veils from me, which I've dreaded, for your ordinances are good. You're teaching me. Take me to that place where I can learn how to tear that veil down. That part of me that, that is still not seeing, not that not and not had the exposure of the love of your light inside of me. That place where I have covered up because I don't want anybody else to see. That's 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 much private. I, I want to hide that. Help me to tear that veil down so the light of your love can penetrate that and, and take me to the place of even greater depth and greater so that I can see your love for me and I can express that love to others. Behold, I yearn 
I yearn for you. I yearn for your precepts and for you to preserve me through your righteousness, through the righteousness that you gave me, through the blood of Yeshua. Father, I want to thank you that today you've you've begun to show us a, a completely different aspect of, of, of the door and how there is a place where we have this place of engaging with that. And if you will, if you can go there, yes, G Yeshua was the door to the Father. And he is, still is the door to the Father. The only way that you can come to the Father is through the blood of Yeshua. But Father, I'm beginning to see where you have made me also a door. And that door of the reflection of who you are on the inside of me. And I'm a door that is standing on the earth. And the earth is, is crying out for the revealing of the sons. And Father, you're doing that right now. You're revealing your sons here on the earth. You're revealing your light here on the earth. You've been doing this for thousands of years. And Father, we are continuing in that place of revealing your light here on the earth. We yearn for you, Father. We yearn for you and we thank you. Thank you for your living letter, hey, and the expression of what you've taught us in Psalm 119. Blessings to all of you.